Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. If you would go with me to Acts 2. We have, um, in the last month and a half, we have had um, some revolutionary word. Um, we have had um, some word that has been life-changing. And so I, I wanted to continue in that vein. Um, we've gone from uh, obedience to God and our love walk, I am and who I am, um, Minister Sir here, Pastor Phillips, um, kicked the door in on, on faith and um, kicked the door in. <laughs> and I, I told them uh, last week, I said, I'm not going after that. So somebody can go before me. <laughs> I'm not coming behind that. But he kicked the door in on faith. Um, we went from it is written. We come back to him with flow. Um, we got a reset last week, and, and today, I just want to say the marathon continues. The marathon continues. Um, we are better together. Yeah. We are better together. We are, we are better together. And, and so, we said we were going back to the foundation, and, and the foundation is Luke 10 and 2. Then he said to them, for the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. So therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send laborers. And guess what, Harvest Church? Guess what you are? Laborers. And because of that, we're, we're better together. We, we, were an oasis, we are an oasis of love. Remember that? We are restoring healing to the total man, spirit, soul, and body. Remember that? And then we expanded, and it says, to change lives by restoring lost and hurting humanity back to our Heavenly Father in hopes of making a significant difference in their lives. We, we're better together. So, X, X2. Because last week, the woman of God said, it's harvest time, but you got to till the soil. She said, it's, it's harvest time. And, and since 1986, Harvest Church has been the pace setter. We do it, then they do it. We do it, and then they do it. And we have done all of that together. And so we've been talking about, in women's prayer, we've been talking about Acts 2. And you know how you, you read something, and because you, you are familiar with it, when you read it, you read it like you know it. And so I've been reading it like I know it, because we've, we've heard it. So I've been reading it like I know it because because Acts is really, if if you really want to be theological, um, Acts is really like part B to Luke, same writer. So it's really like if you read Luke and then jump read Acts, it's kind of like the the B part. So he was writing about the the apostles and and what they did, and he was really drawing a parallel between the the ministry of Jesus and the mission of the church. Okay? So he was 
so in Acts 2, so in, in Acts 1, he gave them a charge. He had been, Jesus had, the resurrection had happened. He had been, he had been on the earth 40 days. So he's still walking around 40 days. Um, and it says showing proof. Remember when Sir said that? Okay. So he was showing proof that what, what he said was going to happen had happened. But then he gave them instructions. Do not leave until you get this gift. And I was like, well, weren't they already there? So why are you telling me not to leave? But I'm here. So why, why not leave? But then I discovered that he, t- he was telling a group of people not to leave because this group of people was from all over. Because the, the festival of, of the Feast of Weeks was happening. That's, they were celebrating Moses and the Ten Commandments. And so there were people from all over. And some translations say God-fearing Jews from all over in Jerusalem. And so he's telling people, as he's showing proof, don't leave until you get this gift. So then we find ourselves in, in Acts 2. So let's go to Acts 2. So when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. They were all together in one place. Underline that. One place. If you mark in your highlight on your phone, in one place. They were all together in one place. All together in one place. So we are usually all together in one place two times a week, right? We're usually all together in one place. So all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And it says sounds like because when you have when you lose like or or as it is giving you it is trying to describe to you what it sounded like. So not necessarily that it was wind, but it sounded like wind to the writer, right? So it sounded like wind to the writer, but I was like, when you hear wind sometimes, it makes you think of things outside of, outside of God, because you think of nature, right? When you hear wind, you think of nature. A, a better word used there, when I, when I looked it up, would be breathed, okay? Because breathed and breath of life has a different meaning in Hebrew, okay? So right there, if we say that it's God breathed, just like in Genesis 2 and 7, he formed Adam and then blew breath into him. So he blew breath into him. So these people are standing in this, they're sitting in this room and they're waiting on this gift and all of a sudden they get breath makes a difference, don't it? It, it? it brings breath into them. And so he said, all together in one place and suddenly sounded like blowing of a violent wind from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire and separ- separate, that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues. And they began to speak in tongues. So they were filled, and they began to speak in tongues. And so I said, well, if we were 
field, what necessarily does that mean in this context? Because field can mean a whole lot of things. You know, because most of the time when you hear Pentecost, you think Pentecostal, right? And you think of everything that goes with Pentecostal. The shouting, the dancing, the, you know, you, you think of Pentecost. But this, is, this was different in that that didn't happen, right? The shouting, the singing, the jumping, that didn't happen. So what happened when we say field? So remember when, when and I keep referencing him because it was real good, right? So remember when the man of God said, you get your own measure? You remember that? Okay. So field, I was like, well, you know, help me. What, what does that? So field to capacity. So field to capacity to their measure. Field. Filled to capacity to their measure. So not only did God breathe, he, he, gave, he gave them a gift. So the gift fell. He breathed, and then he gave them to capacity their measure. And, and I'm wondering, when we get together, when we're all together, and everybody's filled to capacity to their measure, what can happen? That's why encounters work. But that can happen on Sunday morning. That's, that's why it works, because we're all in one place, all together. But it's not that you're just in one place. We're all thinking the same thing. We're all requiring the same thing. We're all wanting the same thing. So I wonder if we came every Sunday morning requiring the same thing, wanting the same thing, needing the same thing. How much capacity is in this room? And, and what could happen in this room if we were all on the same place, thinking the same thing, filled to capacity? I wonder if when I come to church, if a miracle is really supposed to happen. Is, is it really supposed to happen? If, if miracles, signs, and wonders is what God did and he said, I sh you shall do greater. So me coming to church shouldn't be me just coming to church. So nobody who I invite should just be coming to church. They should bump into miracles, signs, and wonders. And, and have we? Have we? You know, sometimes I know you, you, you got you to gotta prime yourself to get here. That's fine. You got here. You got here. I'm not taking nothing from it. You got to prime yourself. You got to, you got to, okay, I need to go. I need to go. But what happens in that when you say you need to go? What, what are you saying to yourself? I don't know, but I didn't want to go, but something, something in me. Some, something is telling me I need to get to the house of God. Something in me is saying I, I got to be there. 
That's, that's just him calling to himself. That's just, that's just him calling to himself. Because when something happens, when everybody is together, what you get individually is not comparable to what you can get corporately. And, and I wonder, in this, in this group of communities, since this is where God breathed, I wonder if, if God was looking for the group versus the person. Was, was he looking for the group? And I, I, I wondered, I said, God, is that why it's, it's, it's so hard for us to sometimes like each other and love each other at church? Is, is that why it's so hard? Because he's, he's messing with the group. That if I could keep you mad and offended at me, what you're supposed to get corporately, you'll never get. And he says, if I be lifted up, I'll draw. But if you all, if we're fighting amongst each other, it's no draw. So I wondered. And I say, God, what, what does all this mean? You're better together. You're, you're far better together. Because they started to speak in tongues, right? That's where we left off. They're starting to speak in tongues. But this is what I saw. And every time, every time you read something, you got to stop and kind of pause, even if you know it, and ask God what he's saying. Because they begin to speak in tongues, but this is not the tongues like in Romans Romans 8 and 26, is that correct? Where, where he, he will make intercession for you with moanings and utterance. And he, it's not like that. It, it wasn't like that because, listen, okay, here we go. So it says, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were saying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Everybody in the room, this, as I was reading other translations, everybody in the room was Galilean, right? But everybody in the room started praying. So everybody from everybody else, everybody who was anybody else, started heard their, lang heard their language. So if everybody in the room is, is speaking, is naturally Swahili, is speaking Swahili, guess what? The person outside the door heard German because that was their native tongue. The person outside the door heard Portuguese because that was their native tongue. The person outside the door heard Hebrew because that was their native tongue. So as he fell, And they started speaking in tongues. They were speaking the language of the people outside the room. And the people outside the room started to come. So together, what happens in this room draws everybody outside those walls. And everybody in here, whether you know the language or not, 
will be able to speak it. Oh, that's good. That's, listen, so they are better together. I have so many notes and I'm trying to keep it together. So, so he had high seas. We had nug golden nuggets. We had all kinds of stuff. And I was like, I didn't know we could change it like this. But, you know, now that I know, <laughs> now that I know, so I have batons. Because we're going to pass this baton. The people, of the, 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 yes, we're, we're relaying around here, okay? We, we tag teaming, relaying, tagging folks in. I got you. We, we, we relaying around here, okay? And, and I say that because if the marathon continues, guess who it continues with? The, the, the generals of our day are getting older. And they, they cannot run the same. And so we can't run them out by not having anybody in position to run for them. They're supposed to be now on the sidelines saying, I've been there, done that, keep going. That ain't going to kill you, keep running. God hears you, keep running. It's all right, keep running. But if they still have to run, so who takes the baton? The team is only as good as the pass. If, if, I, if I'm running and I've been running for 36 years, but there's nobody to hand the baton to, What, what happens with the foundation? What happens with, with our children? What happens with our family? What happens with our community? What happens? So baton number one, we, we are better together. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, 9 through 12, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If a person falls, the other can help reach down and help them up. If trouble comes, they can turn back to back. If, if trouble comes, they can stand back to back. Two can stand back to back to conquer, and three are even better, for a three-four cord is not easily broken. Baton number two, finishing well. The marathon continues, but it depends on how well we reset and adjust. How you reset and adjust. And, and I, I think reset and adjust means how we love each other. How we love each other. Uh, we don't, we're not always going to agree. We're not going to always, you know, feel like, this is what we're not going to always, but if we can at our core come back to the place of loving each other. Not, not that we, we've left so far, we've gone so far away, but if we can get back to the basis of love and seeing people through those eyes versus what we think we know or what we think we heard. 
if we can if we can get back to the place if we could love people just a fraction of the way God loves us if I could give you grace for having that bad day because you may be going through something like I want grace to be extended to me for having a bad day if if I can say even if I can say, you know what, I'm sorry, I was sharp right there. I apologize, I'm, I was sharp right there. I, I apologize, I didn't mean to walk past you. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to walk past you. D- doesn't mean that I'm, I won't do it again. And, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not being funny, but it doesn't mean that I won't be human again. But it just means I acknowledge that, that I didn't mean, I don't want to hurt you. And I don't want to leave something on you that you now have to carry. Because how many things are people carrying that you left? And I asked myself all these questions and really had to, and really had to get, be on my knees and repent and, and really cast off anything that I have left on people that may be hindering them. Because in a, in a group setting, it is hard for people to hear you if you've hurt them. It's hard for people to ever recognize anything about you after you've hurt them. And so it's vitally important for me, you know, because I know me. I do know me. And so I know, you know, I can be sharp. I can be heavy sometimes. I can be, I'm really black and white in some things. And Minister Mignon is very red. You know, this personality test we always take at Harvest Church. Minister Mignon is very red. Mignon, on the other hand, is very green. I am. Like, I, I am. I'm very green. So I'm, I'm on the green side of the personality test where I just love everybody and I'm just happy and everybody's all whatever. But Minister Mignon is very red. She's very no-nonsense. And, and so I know that sometimes having not encountered me very green, I'm talking about me. I ain't talking about y'all. But, uh, you know, and not having encountered me as such, you know, there is a way. And so I really, I really told God, because I don't want to hinder anybody. And, and I'll say it again very publicly. If I ever offended you, if I ever hurt you intentionally, unintentionally, I apologize. Because I don't want that to be the reason you miss God. I don't want that to be the reason you can't get to the altar and get what you need. I don't want that to be the reason that God can't do what he needs to do in your life because I stood in the way. And that was the sentiment of my heart that, God, if if we are better together, because everybody want to be grown until it's time to apologize. If everybody wants to be mature until you have to show what maturity looks like. Everybody wants to be, be grown until you have, to, you have to be okay with the apology you might not ever get. And still love the person. When you know the person lied. And they know they lied. And they still want to hug you. 
But all of that to say we're better together. So we, so we got to, they were utterly amazed. So each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all of these people speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? How is it that I've come to a place and I've carried all of this all week long, but I get into Harvest Church? But I get into this room. I get into this room and they're speaking my language. They're speaking my hurt. They're speaking what's going on in my life. They're speaking what's happening in my world. And then they tell me, because God loves me. So it's utterly amazing ask. They are, aren't those all those speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears their nat- our native language? Whew, okay. So baton number two. It depends on how well we reset and how well we adjust. Because I, and then I ask God, well, what does spirit mean? Because you know how long we've been hearing that? I ask questions, y'all. I'm sorry. But I, I was like, well, what does spirit actually mean? Because we've, we say it so much in church. We say the Holy Spirit. We say the essence of my spirit. You should have the essence of my spirit. What does that mean? So spirit, the non-physical part of a person, which is, which is the seat of emotions and character of the soul, conveyed rapidly and secretly, forming the definitive elements of character. So I said the non-physical part of a person, which is the seat of emotions and character. And I said, I was confused by seat. Because seat means to sit down. Seat, right? But seat seat doesn't necessarily mean, it means sit down, but it also means a place for you. If I have a seat for you, then I have a place for you. So if, if the Holy Spirit gave himself, so he gave himself, so he gave us not only a seat for us, a place for us, then we have his character. This goes right back to I am, correct? So we have his character. So he gave us, not only did he breathe, but then he gave us a seat that will engulf the essence of his spirit that will allow us to function in in spiritual things that will override natural things but to stay in the seat is your choice so where I saw her I don't know where she went she wasn't with the restroom I I need a uh, somebody come here Uh, come come Miss Charmaine come here so it's a, and I need a chair. Oh, it's a chair here. Come on. Unsuspecting. She just follows the instruction, right? I'm just going to follow the instruction. God said stay. I'm going to stay. And, and I'm going to do what he says do. So then I get there. And the spirit of the Lord falls. 
It sounds like wind on the outside, but it's really on the inside. It sounds like on the outside, but it's on the inside. You got to catch it. You got to get it. Yeah, you got to get it. So it's, it's, it sounds like wind on the outside because everybody outside needed a point of reference to explain it. But on the inside, it's... And, and then on the... He says, I now have a seat. I, I now have a place. I have a place for you to sit. So then I seat you in the place. And you're in that place as, as long as you want to stay. You're, you're, in, the, you're in the space as, as long as you want to be there. And, and then he turned around and said, where well, two or three are gathered in my name. So I shall be in the midst. So if, if I'm, you're seated and, and I'm seated and, and we're all seated, then guess who's here? If, if I stay in my seat, she stays in her seat, obey and love. If she, she's in her seat and I'm in my seat and, and she's in her seat, and as long as I don't try to get in her seat, you, you, your, your capacity is not the same as hers, which is why you have your seat. So you have to stay in your seat because it's your measure. That's why you have to be in your spot, in your space. And when God begins to move, he won't have to be looking for you because she's in her place. Don't have to be wondering where, where you are because you're in your place because how do I identify you if you're in the wrong seat? How do I know where you are if you're in the wrong seat? We, we sometimes say, you know, oh, he's so anointed. Oh, she's so anointed. We want that. Are you sure? Are you positive? Because, see, what I'm walking through, God gave me the ability to do. You can walk through this because he didn't give you what he gave me. So you mimicking me is going to break you. Mimicking you is going to stress me out. Because <laughs> that's not my seat. I have a friend who does finance. I don't. Now, because I see her results, I could try it, but it wouldn't work for me. That's, that's not my seat. I have a friend who drives 18-wheelers. I can barely drive my car. The truth of the matter. You know, I, parallel park, no. Do I ever want to drive? Not really. I want Daryl to drive all the time. So, how do I go drive, then drive a truck? 
That's not my capacity. And, and based upon your, your where you are and, and, and what you're doing and, and how you're doing it. So if God has set out a path for me, that means he knows everything that's coming my way. He knows everything that will try to detract, de detour, mess up. So if I'm on the wrong path, what protection do I have? Then I'm expanding energy that could have been for something else when I'm in the wrong seat. Thank you. In wrong seat. The portion of God that you will understand and the portion of God that you can explain is the portion of God you have obeyed. The portion of God that you can explain, the portion of God that you can understand is the portion of God you have obeyed. It's, it's, it's hard to explain something that you don't really know. It's hard to really explain something that you haven't obeyed. And I think sometimes us as Christians, when we talk to other people, when we're with other people, we make it sound hard. We, we make it sound real hard. We make it sound real hard because we're, we're, we're accustomed to certain things being easy. And anything that presents like it's going to be a fight, it's, oh, God, why me? Why this? And I do it too. This is actually my, this is actually how I talk to God. Oh God, why me? Why this? I'm dramatic. Y'all didn't know that? Y'all didn't realize that by now? So, I, I, so that's actually what I do. But how is that attractive to somebody else? You know how she said, you, you're, you're saying that God is going to bless you. You're saying that you're blessed, but you need the gas money. You're, you're, you're saying that you're going to church. Oh, girl, I can't be here late. I can't be here at work late because I got to go to church and you got the worst attitude in the group. You don't never want to help your coworkers. You don't never want to do nothing. And your excuse is always you got to go to church. But then, but then wonder why they don't want to come. We, we, we want you to come because we're doing a new challenge, so I want you to come, but I'm probably not going to call you and check on you. I'm probably not going to call. I'm, I'm worried about the optics. I want them to see me bring someone. I, I want them to see that I did my part. But not necessarily concerned with the with what happens after. Cause that that and what I told God is I said, I, I think I need to, to amend my, my prayer because I do. I do desire for people to be saved, but I have to desire at some point to be able to walk it out with them as well. You know, I think sometimes because listen, I've been around here since I was eight years old. 
So some things are just automatic for me because I've been here. And so not necessarily that nobody really walked out salvation with me because I've been here, if that makes sense. And so I learned it early enough. I got it early enough that even when I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do, I knew I wasn't supposed to be doing it. Does that make sense? You know, we, Harvest Church kids, we always play like we would always go to the edge of the cliff and then slide on back. Like, we don't do that. Now, y'all going too far. We don't do that. And, and so, so I've never seen, not that I've never seen it, I've just never, no, I just never have been on the other side of it where I'm calling to check on you or I'm going to knock on your door or I'm calling to say, shall we pray? Or I'm calling to say, I haven't seen you or I'm showing up or I'm, I'm dropping off food, or I'm giving you gas. I, I've not, I hadn't seen that part. So for me, it was like, well, if I get them here, you know, that's, that's it, right? And I know it sounds funny, but that, it, it's, it's practical. Like, because I'm like, if I get them here, because I just came here, you know what I mean? That's my... That's my um, my point of uh, understanding, there it is. That's my point of understanding because I just came here. Now, whatever my, my however my mom was, got here and however she, I didn't know that part because I was coming with my mama. I was coming with my auntie. So I didn't, I didn't get that part. And so in, in that, I'm like, okay, God, I have to, I have to figure out and I have to adjust, and I have to pray and say, what, is, what do I do next? Because it's clear just an invitation to church is not enough. It's not enough. It's clear that telling you that my pastor and my bishop is the baddest in the land is not enough, but he is. It's not enough. Giving you the CD is not enough. Because what if you don't have a Bible at home? Me telling you to tune into the broadcast because we are literally in a day and time. Um, my one of my coworkers, she is. I just turned forty. Oh Lord, I just turned forty. Um, she is thirty. Never been to church a day in her life. She's thirty. Her mom is sixty-seven. Something seventy something. Somewhere around in there. Ne- never been in church. They didn't do that on Sunday. And here I am, I'm like, well, what did you do? Because we was at church at some, one, uh, one point in time, we was at church two times in a Sunday. Word exposure was a week long. We took off school the whole week. We learned how to drive during word explosion because we had to go to the hotel and get people shoes. That's how we learn how to drive. And then we had to park, park, park it back over there in the north end. I left my shoe. They would, we would pack out the hotels. Everybody would be over there because we wouldn't leave here till 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. We would start, I would start school in August, and my mama would say, you know, word explosion is coming in October. So what you're going to need to do, you're gonna go in, you need to go in and you need to get as many A's as you can get because you know you're taking that whole week off. I, I didn't go to school for the whole week. The, the entire week. My mama was here all day and all night. We was going to Ponderosa getting chicken. 
Hey, come on, somebody. Somebody know it. Somebody know it. We was going to Ponderosa getting chicken and rolls. Getting a quick snack. We used to, when we got old enough, we could walk to Quick Trip. People be like, go get me a Coke. So with all the kids, after, after the service, midway through the service, we sneaking out the back to go to Quick Trip. Because we know we're about to be here till 2 in the morning. So that's what I grew up with. I grew up with knowing how to get around and maneuver in this place in pitch black, in the dark. We've never been, we've never been scared of the dark. We had to be in here in the dark. Because we should be like, turn the lights off. And he would be walking through in the dark. And I'd be like, can we get a light? You don't need a light. Just follow me. I can't see you. <laughs> I can't see you. <laughs> but hey, if you trust it, I do too. Because <laughs> I'm not going to be left in this room without any lights. <laughs> We're better together. We are so much better together. And then we get to, um, let's jump down to 12. So Acts 2 and 12, amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, Who, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had way too much wine. Then Peter stood up from the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is, what is spoke, this is what was spoken of the prophet Joel. In the last days, God said. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit. I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So he got everybody together. In one place, in one mind, on one accord. Not just for the edifying of themselves, but for the people outside the walls. And in him reaching the people outside the walls, he equipped the people inside the walls on what to say. They heard their own language. He equipped them with what to say. If you read another translation, it says, they, as they heard their own languages, they heard how good and wonderful God was. So we're better together. Last and final baton. Time does not heal wounds. Love does. Time doesn't heal wounds. Love does. That's not time's responsibility. Time's responsibility is to count how much you have left or how much you have lost. But it cannot heal. 
And when you leave time to heal, it will only fester. And you will be sicker than what you were. Because love heals, love covers, love protects, love guides, love gives, love covers, love blesses, love edifies, love lifts up, love gives compassion, love gives grace, love gives love. Love is so happy to be loved by Jesus. It is happy to extend love to someone else. Love, not time. Because a lot of times we'll say, if something happens, we'll say, oh, we'll just give it time. We'll, we'll just give it some time. And we want to put everything on time. Oh, it'll be okay on time. That's not how grief works. That's not how pain works. That's not how heartache works. Time only allows you to push off the inevitable. Time doesn't heal our wounds, love does. It wasn't created to heal. And, and giving too much, giving time too much power, you will still be waiting. We're still waiting. We're waiting to come into the room and God to move. You are the move. You are the experience. I believe there's a place in God that you can go um, so far that you stop looking for a miracle and realize you are the miracle. You, you are the miracle. You are what they need. You are, you are what they need. So if we're sick, then he says, put your hands on the sick and they shall recover. Correct? You are the miracle. You are what they're needing. So if, if peace is not abounding in their house, you can speak to that thing and it shall move because you can speak to a mountain and it will move because you said so. So if that is the case, so you're not looking for one. You are one. And when you're together in one mind on one accord in one room, then you'll see one. Because him breathing was a miracle. A sign and definitely a wonder. Plead your privilege. Plead your privilege. The blood is a privilege. Being washed and redeemed in the blood is a privilege. And so we do a lot of decreeing and declaring. Um, that's a that's another message. You you can you can declare. You definitely can declare. Decrees usually come from the king that cannot be changed. A decree comes, is written by a king, and it is sent forth by the messenger to declare what thus said the king. So you can always declare what thus said the king. And so when you're declaring, you can also plead your privilege because you are privileged to be in the house of God and you are privileged to be a son or daughter of the king so you can then plead your privilege over a situation and you can plead your privilege over anything that is going on. You can plead your privilege over your neighbor. You can plead your privilege over your children. You can plead your privilege over anything. And God will have to, because he said he would, respond. So in the last days, in, in the last days, are you expecting a miracle? 
Are you expecting to be the miracle? Are you expecting to see signs and wonders? Are you expecting for God to move? Because this is, this is, what I, and this is also what I thought, that in that room, I'm sure, out of 120 people, I'm sure there were all kinds of issues. All kinds of issues, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of, you know, husbands and moms and dads. It was all kinds of issues in the room. Nobody mentioned their issues. And I can't help but think, because they obeyed God, because they followed the instructions, that he took care of what was concerning them, because they took care of what concerned him. So if I take care of what concerns you, then you will take care of what concerns me. Nobody in a room full of 120 people mentioned that, God, I need you too for my Not at all. And Luke was a very descriptive writer. So I'm sure if it had happened, he would have said it, possibly. But out of 120 people, nobody said, God, I'm going to really need you to hook me up on this. I'm going to really need you to help me out on this. 120 people? All they did was get in a room. And maybe they started in worship. Maybe they just sat and waited. I'm sure somebody had to be saying, thank you, Jesus. I'm sure somebody had to be whispering, well, what do you think we're here for? What are we supposed to do? And then they heard the, the sound. Then they heard a sound. And, and, and hearing the sound, then God breathed. God breathed. And not only did he draw the people in the room, he draw the people outside the room. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.